Hi, Dr. Gator here. Are you ready to take your family's health to the next level? Check out my free immunity and wellness masterclass at integrativepediatrics.com. Mom guilt is real, Dr. Gator. It definitely is. I would hear that term and didn't really understand what it was, and now I'm a mother. I, I totally get it. There's a joke that Italians are raised on guilt and pasta, <laughs> and I definitely was. I feel guilty for everything, things that aren't my fault. I'm one of those people that, you know, it's something that I work on. But now as a mother, I do. I feel guilty for everything. And I know it doesn't make any sense, but um, anyway, it's real. And any mothers out there that also feel guilty, we should take this weekend because it's Mother's Day and yeah. not feel guilty. <laughs> so happy Mother's Day. Mama. Welcome parents to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising, Raising Amazing. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely agree with you, Serena. Mom guilt is so real. And, and I think it's to another degree right now with the, with the pandemic. I mean, we had everybody had so much to feel guilty about before, I guess. But now it's like, well, I got to be mom and chef and mm -hmm. and so many more things than most moms or parents really ever had to do before. And I think that guilt you know, it's even higher. I know I even feel it as, as a dad as well. You know, anytime, even if I go to work, I'm, you know, I'm feeling, oh, I should be home with Eli or, or I should be, you know, yeah. doing or Z. And, and I know Sarah feels the same way. And, and uh, it just, I think the added stress of everything going on has made it even more tough for, for parents. And so, you know, I think this episode is going to be really great. We, we chat about that and we, we chat about just remembering that, you know, you got to take some time for yourself and your mental health because everybody's going through so much right now but let's be positive let's talk about mother's day what do you yes! do for mother's day <laughs> um i am going to see my family in my hometown of las vegas nevada and um just hang with my siblings and my mother and have nico play with his cousins and just barbecue and relax what are you doing for sarah we have a little uh family get together but last weekend we went wine tasting uh up in the north uh in uh Los Olivos and, and San Luis Obispo was really fun. That was good for our, our mental health just to get away and, and get a little extra drinking in. <laughs> I, I love it so much. I love the fact that my kid's doctor is positive about wine tasting and drinking. You've no idea the peace that brings my heart. I'm very I did, positive, I, but, you know, within moderation, right? As a medical professional, we must taste, you know, drink within moderation. But I think going, going wine tasting and, you know, if you go um, away, uh, I think it's important to go away right now and everybody needs to, to just take a break if you can and, and just remember that our mental health is just so important and really focus on, on getting um, the family together and spending a little bit more time together. Yes. yes, because we went through this whole, well, over a year of being told to not spend time with our families. So um, I, I do think that um, I agree. I love your advice, Doc. Mm -hmm. So today... We talk with actress Kyla Pratt from Call Me Cat, and she also is really honest about mental health for mamas and mom guilt. So let's get right into it. We are so excited to have our guest today, Kyla Pratt, the incredible actress from Call Me Cat. Kyla, at the age of eight, began her career in commercials and guest stars on many shows that you all know, Friends, Family Matters, Sister, Sister, Moesha, Lizzie McGuire, and then her career took off with the leading part in Dr. Doolittle, opposite Eddie Murphy, super funny, and then she continued to star in the series and ultimately became the leading character. Um, she's got parts in Love and Basketball, Fat Albert, Hotel for Dogs, One on One, Let's Stay Together. She was the voice of Penny Proud in the hit animated series, The Proud Family, which they are remaking here soon. And you can see her now in Fox's new series, Call Me Cat, which she's absolutely adorable and super funny in. Um, thank you for being here. Kyla. Loving me. <laughs> well, thank you so much. So, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about parenting during the pandemic. It's been really tough, you know, on everyone. And it's been especially tough on, on working parents 
Um, and, and people really underestimate, I think, you know, how much work really goes into, you know, working on a TV show, scheduling that in and compounding that with, with being a parent. And so how have you been able to juggle all that? And also a lot of my, my patients are really worried, you know, when they're going back to, to work and to film about juggling, not only the home life balance, but also the fears around bringing something home from work, getting sick and infected at work, and then bring it home to your kids. So how have you been able to handle that and juggle that with your, your work-life balance? Um, it's It's been crazy and it's been different. It depends on the month. Um, <laughs> uh, when we first went into lockdown mode, um, I, was, I was supposed to start shooting Call Me Cat. And whenever I'm not working, um, I am a super hands-on mom. Like I am overly making sure everybody's getting every piece of energy from me just because I know sometimes with what I do for a living I might have to leave for a little bit or I might have to be gone so I overdo it and the fact that I was about to shoot this show call me cat I was so excited about and uh, as soon as I was supposed to start they were like yeah no um, you're not and you're going to be at home all day, every day. Your kids aren't going to school. They're going to be at home with you all day, every day until we don't know. And so at the beginning of this, um, it was a little scary and it was a little weird. And um, I even set aside a month where I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink for like a month because I know that I'm not feeling great um, emotionally. And I know that sometimes alcohol can be a downer. So no drinking for a month. But then as soon as I got through that month, I was like, okay, I'm good. I worked through it. Now pour me a glass every day. Um, <laughs> but, <Who doesn't>? um, <laughs> right. But it was, um, it's difficult because even going to work now, like I'm, I'm tested so much and, and we have so many protocols at work to try to keep us safe and try to keep our cast and our crew safe. And then also knowing that coming home, like I have to make sure that um, health wise, honestly, I just try to make sure that everybody's consuming as healthy things and building up our immune systems, just in case if it does come this way, we can try to fight it. I'm just constantly drink water. Make sure you're doing this. Make sure you're doing that. Did you eat some stuff? Did you eat anything that looks like lettuce today? Can we make sure that we're incorporating healthy things into our diet and not just eating crap because we're at home? Um, so it's been it's been weird. It's been an emotional battle, but um, we have our 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 sad days, and then we have days where it's like I. I kind of take advantage of the fact that, you know, my kids are getting older and I'm like, eventually, like pretty soon my 10 year old is not going to want to hang out with mommy that much. And, and a lot of times when you're working, you know, sometimes we, we miss those moments of, of in our kids' lives where they're growing and we're busy working. So it's like, it, like take advantage of the fact that they're here with me all day, every day. And now I can look at what you're doing. What kind of work is this? And, you know, and I'm, you know, everybody's situation's different. So it's just, it's hard, but it's finding the balance of like the positive thinking, trying to find the positive in it and just stay um, in that great mind frame. Because even if it does come your way, I think mentally, if you're as strong as you possibly can be, it can help your body do wonders, you know? Absolutely. I, I think that what you said there is is key is balance and finding the silver lining. We're, we're here raising amazing. We're like, there's always something amazing that you can find even when things are complicated. And I think the silver lining and the amazing piece of everyone being stuck at home with their kids is that you're stuck at home with your kids and you're not missing moments that, that you may have otherwise have missed. Um, I want to talk a little bit about mental health. You know, you, you mentioned drinking and like you stopped drinking for a month because alcohol can be a downer. And I think most parents during this pandemic, we like leaned further into the alcohol cabinet. We <laughs> made sure that that, I mean, when Instacart could finally deliver a wine, I was like, hallelujah, you know? Um, but I think that that's really smart to know your body and uh, to know, um, you know, what makes you feel good, what makes you the best parent you can be. But have you or your family struggled with mental health at all? And what's been different about the stay-at-home orders and how you take care of your emotional well-being as a mother than normally? I think as a mother, I as soon as I became a mom, I started putting a lot of pressures on myself and started, started overthinking things and, and 
Um, and some things we're not overthinking, some things you really need to focus on. And it was kind of, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And it was like, um, you know, you're in charge of these human beings. Like you're responsible. If, if your mind isn't right, you can put that on them and you can affect their growing and, and, and who they become. And, and, and what if, when you go back to work, like what if they feel bad, they feel some type of way because you're not at home all the time. And it's just so many different things that um, I experienced mentally that I went through. And I knew when this time was happening, I, um, I am a self like proclaimed empath. Like I can feel um, energy. I can feel like when I'm at the grocery store, when all this craziness was going on, it gave me anxiety because I wasn't panicking. But all of a sudden, when I was around people who were panicking, all of a sudden, I was like, I need to buy toilet paper. I just bought some, I think like, it, I, I, you know, got this energy. Yeah. I just realized um, what it was going to be like for the next a couple of months or however long, because no one said anything. No one said, oh, this is going to be just for a little bit, or we, you know, there wasn't a plan in place. And um, just knowing how I felt before in the past and different things that I have de dealt with um, mentally and, and trying to maintain my, you know, mental health through everything. I think that's something that we all, I feel like everyone has something that they're healing from. And sometimes people just don't talk about it. And I think if we talked about it more, then it would make it less of a, of a conversation that's kind of like, wait, don't talk about that. Like, no, we we all should, you know, talk about these things. And when the pandemic was happening, I just kind of felt myself not feeling great. I was excited to, you know, step out of all day, every day, giving to everyone else and being like, oh, mommy gets to go work. Mommy gets to go, you know, develop, develop this character and get to, you know, do what she loves to do. And that was shut down and it, it kind of it didn't make me feel great and I know sometimes you know um people lean towards outside things to make them feel better and I just want to make sure that I never you know get to a point where I feel like I need um need something to make me feel better like I I'm more of like a uh -uh, okay what do you need to work on <laughs> like what's going on but then as soon as I go through that moment where I'm like oh I have self-control I'm good yeah, bring it on. <laughs> Where, yes, I'd like to try this tonight and I'd like to try that the next night and let's keep them going. Because after that, I can't say that I did not have something to drink every single day. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just kind of felt that kind of uncertain feeling and I didn't, I didn't like it. And I didn't, um, and I knew that my kids were going to be home too. And I knew that, um, they were going to be feeling some type of way because a lot of people forget you know, like the, your, our kids are going through this with us as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Changed and they don't get to see their friends and do certain things that they were normally doing. So, you know, we have to think about their mental health as well. And so if mommy gets it together, like, okay, you better figure out this positive patty that needs to be in your head so you can give it to your babies and teach them how to do the same thing, you know, I'm always trying to get better. And if I notice a feeling that I don't like, um, I try to figure out why I'm having the feeling and what's the best way to work through that feeling, you know? And, and have you found some strategies that have really helped to work, work through some of those feelings? Because I, I think that, you know, I've seen in the office, everybody is struggling, right? It really, everybody is struggling, but we're not talking about it. Just like you said, it's so important that we bring this up and, and discuss it. And because we're isolated, I feel like people have not been discussing this with their friends, with their peers, and, and they almost become either ashamed or they just don't feel like they can talk about this with other people, but yet everyone is feeling the same way. And I know for myself, just talking with other people, but it makes it feel so much better. It's like, oh, you're feeling that way too? You know, you feel like you have no idea when this is gonna end and you're really upset and you wanna get a drink too? You're like everybody's feeling this, right? So so what are some strategies that you have used and have you found some some resources or supports that have been really helpful for you and your family during this time? I think it's I think it's mainly just talking about it and allowing myself to um, and, you know and it, it's even hard now because I'll like I'm not working this week I go back at the end of the week but there are days when I come in from work and I've been gone all day and then I'll let the little kids stay up a little longer because I've been gone so I realize like you're letting that mommy guilt kick in and now they stayed up too late now they're tired getting up in the morning like you got to figure this out Kyla but. I also, I feel like talking about it and having conversations and sitting on FaceTime with a friend and being like, hey girl, let's have a cocktail together. Let's act like, you know, we're at dinner and I'll tell the kids, mommy,
mommy's going in a room for a little bit. Like I need, mommy needs five minutes or mommy needs 10 minutes, you know, and allowing yourself that time. But then also coming to them and being like, hey baby, what do you need? Like, let's play a game. Um, let's do something together because, you know, they can't really do all the things that we can do with our friends, you know? And even my seven-year-old one day, she was just like, I wanna, you know, like I can't go to the park and, and play with anybody. And, you know, it's, it's just a weird, a weird feeling and understanding that everybody is going through it. And even people who aren't talking about it, it's like, this is what's happening. Everybody, we're so uncertain. And then you're thinking about your health and you want to see your loved ones, but then you're like, okay, well, what if I'm the one that brings something to them or, or maybe I'm holding, I have something in my system, but I'm strong enough to fight it and they're not. And now I, you know, it's just so many different things that are going on in our brains. And I think just talking about it and having conversations and, and reminding people that we are more alike than we are different. We're all human beings. We all have similar feelings. Because um, sometimes I'll feel selfish thinking a certain way. And then I'll talk to someone else and they feel the same. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Like, that's normal. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's okay for me to, you know, to, to do that. But we've been, I think, conditioned to not talk about feelings. And thinking like feelings is just showing maybe a sign of weakness or you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I know that, you know, we, it's better when you discuss things with people at any age, at any time, like you need to talk to someone. These are so, these are such tough conversations to have because there's, there's so many unknowns and it's the same questions you get over and over again in the office of like, can grandma come over? Can we hang out with, with such and such? What, what can we do? And it's, it's a really hard discussion to have with yourself all day when you're thinking, well, I want my kids to see their grandparents, but I also don't want to be the reason why I pass on a disease and then they get really sick and then maybe they die or they have some complications. And there's always this what if going on with everybody every day, all the time. And it's, it's this isn't a new thing. There's always a risk, but this is such a, a risk that's in our face all the time, I think. And so it's, it's really tough on parents because who doesn't want to see their brothers and sisters? Who doesn't want to see their, their grandparents? Who doesn't want to see their best friends? And you're constantly struggling back and forth every day with you know should I do it should I not do it what happens if I do it if I do it then am I going to regret it am I going to if this person dies before I ever see them again am I going to regret not seeing them again like there's both sides of that conversation it's really tough you know you Kyla you you taught you touched on mom guilt which is something that all like you you don't know it until you're a mother I'm a new mother and the minute that baby you know, was in my arms. I understood the mom guilt thing. And we have it when we're working, we have it when we're not working. We have it if like they didn't get enough vegetables. Like I feel bad that he ate cookies for breakfast and a quesadilla for lunch. Like there's no green, you know? Um, but then I think that this pandemic like intensified the mom, the just guilty feelings all around. The mental just struggle that we're all going through and like the fear thoughts that we're all experiencing take mom guilt to like this other crazy level. Mm -hmm. And then I, I sympathize with you and I agree with you. Again, my child is only two. So I'm only two years into this motherhood Ooh. thing, which is, which is why I'm doing this. Like I, I don't, and I'm an old mom. Like I had my first kid at 40, so I don't have time to mess around. Like I want to get it right. And I want to learn from all of you. So you're, you have two daughters, yes, seven I'm, and 10. Seven and 10. Yes. And my bonus baby, my stepson is 14. Oh wow! So you have, yeah, have a wide spectrum. But I mean, I mean, you you being a new mom and being in that that like a lot of people they look at me and they're like, oh, you know, we feel bad for people with kids who are older. And like me as a mom, I'm sitting back like, no, it's the people with the young babies. <laughs> like they're all day, every day. Like the, like me, I feel like the mom guilt. It felt like it was getting a little better as they were getting older and I realized, oh, they care about more things, but besides mommy. Right. They, they, they have their own interests. They care about this, they care about that. And then also raising them, I'm sitting back like, okay, mommy doesn't have to stop everything because she became a mommy. Mommy's, I, I, you know, I, I, I think I told my daughter not too long ago, I said, mommy's always had two dreams and to, to, be, a, to be a mommy and, and to work, to be an actress. And you don't have to pick and choose, you can do both, okay? And love that. I'm going to use it. I love it. I want to cry. Because I've always, I've always wanted to be a mom. I've always like, it, it's, it's something, it's my earliest memory of like, oh, I, I want to be a mom one day. And, and you shouldn't have to pick or choose. You just, I feel like you can do it all. You're going to be tired as hell doing it. 
but <laughs> but you can do it all and 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 as women we have to remember like as long as we remind ourselves that we have to take care of us in every single way possible in order to be the best version of ourselves to give our kids the best version of ourselves so if sometimes I'm going to feel a little guilty because I wanted to, I mean, before all of this, I wanted to go out and, ha and eat with my friends and have a drink and just talk about life and talk about all the different things that they're going through and their experiences. And I can talk about mine. It just, it just calms you down a little bit, like being able to have these conversations. And then it's like, okay, now mommy can, mommy's, you know, rejuvenated. I can, I feel better because I talked to I talked to a bunch of women who are going through the same thing as me, and they, I, I would drop off my daughter at school, and me and one of the moms would be in the parking lot for two hours just talking about stuff. And our dad is like, "Where are you? I thought you were, <laughs> you know, coming right back." And I'm like, "Look, I just needed to have this conversation, and I did, and it felt amazing." And it, it feels like it's getting it's getting the little the mommy guilt is getting a little bit easier because now they're starting to ask for stuff, so I can easily say, "Oh, wait." excuse me, this Christmas list looks a little crazy. You understand that I have to work. I have to like, you know, do things. Like I know daddy's hustling and doing everything he's doing, but mommy has to hustle too. <laughs> like all these, you know what I mean? So yes, it's crazy. But I, when my kids were two, I was, I think I was still like in the mode of like, Am I doing everything right? Is she getting enough of this? Is she getting enough of that? And what if, well, like this, she has to get a shot. She has to, you know, it was just, it was extremely overwhelming. So I think this is amazing that you are doing this because it's going to help you a lot <laughs> through this time of, you know, before my baby could talk, I was like, what's wrong? Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, tell me, like, say words. And, you know, it's getting a little easier now, but I know the teenage years are coming. So it's, um, yeah well it already it already is helping me and um and I, I it's I hope that it's going to help a lot of other mothers out there feel understood validated like they're not the only ones feeling all of these things we have a question from a mom Janice who wants to know what is something that one of your children has done during the pandemic that is acceptable now to you in your home that never would have been okay in your home before the pandemic Oh, goodness. I would probably say the amount of time that is spent on the iPad. Uh, <laughs> I think that is something that stressed me out so much in the beginning. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't force them to do work all day. Like, I can't force them to do work all day, but then I can't allow them to be on their iPads all day. Like, what? it's going to fry their brains and, oh, what, like, how? But now it's like, okay, now I found, like, like a reading program uh, app. And I'm like, okay, well, you're allowed to be on your iPad for this long to do that. And now you can play a game or, um, or I caught my daughter like watching somebody on YouTube playing a game. And I'm like, baby, why are you watching someone play the game? You go play the game. Like if you're going to play a game, like play something that's going to help you with problem solving or, 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 or you need to get to the next level if you have to beat this or you have to beat that, like something that's using your brain. So as long as you're just not sitting there watching someone else do something and you're actually learning some type of skill, I, I kind of, I'm just like, look, I, what can I do? Like, I can't, I can't all day make you, you're not, I'm not going to sit down and make you read a full chapter book and, and to me, that's torturing the child. <laughs> so I mean, like, so it's all about the balance, but I would have to say definitely the amount of, um, iPad time, but at least I found more, you know, educational things, some kind of really not. No, and, and that, that, I mean, that's the perfect device. That's the advice we give in, in the office. You know, it used to be before the American Academy pediatric would say, you know, you can't be on screens for more than an hour or two a day, or we don't at least recommend it, but that's just not reasonable right now. Kids are on screens. That's how they're learning. So you got to balance what's reasonable. And, and so, yes, you still want to make sure we get moving. We get outside as much as we can. We do activities as a family and try to find educational things to do on there instead of just being on social media all day. Mm -hmm. But we have to be reasonable with their time. And there's just no way that we're gonna you know, say at this point, okay, don't be on the computer. Well, that's how you connect with people right now. That's what we're doing right now. So it'd be pretty hypocritical to be like, don't be on your computer. That is you know, typically a good um, uh, weather. So I can be like, you haven't been outside today, go outside, <laughs> put on a jacket. I don't care if you run up and down the driveway, like get on your bike. Like, be careful. Like, let's let's all go outside and get some vitamin D. I, I sit back and I'm like, look, Kyla, your kids, 
they're not gonna not go to college or not have a great life because this one year in their life was halt was altered a little bit but it, it can affect them if you're going crazy <laughs> you're like oh, don't do this don't do that you know what i mean so just breathe all, all the research in trauma shows that when you go through any trauma in the world and have been in the past, most kids still do fine. It's actually very encouraging when you look at it. And the most important thing is, is the parents, is how you shield them, how you handle it, how you take it in and, and how you explain it to them and what you expose them to. Mm-hmm. And most kids are just like you said, they'll do fine. They really, they really will. And they'll get through the trauma, whether it's a war or a natural disaster or, or a pandemic. Right, unless their parents go crazy. So keep <laughs> you're really good about spinning things to the positive and finding all the amazing little moments within this crazy which I think is key that we should be doing I think what we've learned from 2020 in this whole thing is a lot about ourselves and we should be doing that kind of stuff all the time not not just in a pandemic so we like to leave our listeners with um finding the amazing so what Tell us, like you're on this new hit, really fun show called Call Me Cat. And what has been the most amazing part of starring in your new hit show? The most amazing part, I would say, is the people that I get to work with. Um, I'm really big on energy. I'm really big on um, surrounding yourself with great people. And sometimes that doesn't necessarily always happen with work. And I am surrounded by people who are just dope and amazing in every way. Um, I've never worked with any of them before. We're all from different backgrounds of this industry. And the fact that we've all come together and we respect each other and we see how much we all love it. It's just, it's, it's exciting to go to work and to see what we get to do next and, and to be on something with Mayim, who, Mayim Bialik, who is our leader and her energy and the way that she cares about people and wants to make sure that everyone feels great and feels heard and feels beautiful. You know, um, having a, a boss like that is, um, is a great feeling because you don't always feel that when you go to work um, and you distract yourself with other things. But um, yeah, I think just being with this group of people is amazing. Like, and we always joke and, and Leslie's always like season four, he's gonna be like, mm, that Kyla. <laughs> but I'm, right now we're just, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to be around great energy, especially with all that's going on in the world and all that's happening and, and the, the different things that we have to work through and, and, and deal with. Um, it's, it's, I always tell people to surround yourself with people who either uh, match your great energy or they're, you know, they, they know what they got to give to be around you. So I just, you know, always good energy all the time. Well, you, you are one of those people. We can feel it through the Zoom. You, I say that there are energy givers and energy suckers, and you are an energy giver. You are a light, and we're big fans of Mayim. She's extraordinary, and it's so beautiful to hear that that you guys are having as much fun and really love each other as much as it seems like when you watch an episode. Where can uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, well, as of right now, I am on Twitter and I am on Instagram, and it's just my name at Kyla Pratt. Kyla is K Y L A P R A T T, and uh, yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> and you can find her show on Fox. Yes, Call Me Cat is on Fox every Thursday night, nine eight Central. Um, I think they re-air it on Sundays now, and it's also on Hulu app uh, to binge if you haven't watched it yet. And uh, I think Fox TV app as well. So make sure you guys tune in and come get, put a smile on your face. Forget about what's going on for like 30 minutes and just come laugh about some silly people doing silly things. (laughs) It is. It's great for that. Thank you so much, Kyla. You're beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. Wow. That was so awesome. I I just loved hearing her, her honesty and, and just talking about some of the things that, that she was going through. I think it's just so important that we continue to talk about our mental health and be open and honest about this because everybody is going through and has been going through a lot this past year. And everyone, you know, every parent in general going through a lot at all times. But this year, you know, certainly uh, has put gasoline on, on a fire and made, yeah. you know, a signif- has created a significant increase in mental health 
concerns. Just talking about this is really helpful, I think, for for parents in general. And just just like Kyla said, you know, we got to talk to more. We got to talk to our friends. We got to talk to other moms. We got to mm-hmm. be in a community, uh, find our village, and really uh, help each other get through this together. Yeah, and also protect yourself. Like I do feel like, you know, what you know what she said about people that you know giving your energy, giving too much energy to the wrong people. You know, we as mothers, we have we give so much energy to our kids. We do have to remember to 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 balance that and like ask for what we need when we need it and say no when we need to say no. That's all really important. And next, we have another fabulous actress. We have Rachel Harris from the hit Netflix show Lucifer with us, and she also gets really honest about mom guilt and her own mental health and how she has stayed sane during this time and um, really her 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 journey over the last year is pretty incredible there was a huge article in people magazine about her divorce and it was just um, really wonderful to speak to her she was really honest about what she's been going through so let's get into it thank you so much for being here Rachel oh thanks for having me in my practice, you know, one of the things that I see very often is parenting guilt, whether mom guilt or, or dad guilt. And, and it seems like these days everybody feels guilty about just about everything, no matter what you what's going on. You feel like you should be more with your kids or you should, you know, if you're at work, then you should be with those kids. If, you, if you're with the kids, you should be working more. You need to be making more money. They, we feel guilty no matter what we're doing. And we just forget about ourselves and about sleep and exercise and eating healthy and just taking time for ourselves. But you you made a life decision to really put your physical and mental health first. And I imagine that's been you know, good for you, good for the family, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that decision-making process and how, how it's been for you. Yeah, well, um, it's been, it's been, I've, so I've had a lifelong battle with um, or I shouldn't say battle. I've had a lifelong love-hate relationship with taking care of myself mm-hmm. um, physically. Uh, as a woman, especially being an actress, um, we all have this. I mean, it's great that we're having so much body positivity now. It's only taken, I mean, I'm 53, and I feel like it's just exploded within the last three years where. You, the focus really is shifted on on that everybody doesn't need to look the same way. Because I grew mm-hmm. up as a kid, you know, like in the 90s, where the, and the it Moss, and I feel kind of bad for Kate Moss, but everybody was like, oh, this is what we're supposed to look like, is this sort of pin thin. The heroin chic look, I say, I, I, I started in the business too at the same time when everybody had to be rail thin, yes. Yeah, Serena, and we still have that in our brain. So it's like a daily, I have to like, you know, you know, I, I talk a lot about working out of the gym and or working out in, for my physical health, but also it's, you know, in order for my body to change, it was a daily practice, right? So I have to do a daily mental and physical, I mean, a mental and spiritual practice uh, as well um, yeah. to, to kind of keep that, that, um, that part of my brain functioning, you know, because it's sort of like, I didn't, I didn't think that way for 35, 40 years, you know? So, and when I started training, it was also, I kind of felt guilty that I was spending so much time doing it or that I was thin or whatever. And so um, when I say it's been a long journey, it's like, because even when I was in college, I struggled with eating disorders and uh, thank God it was never, I, I mean, I never needed to be hospitalized for it, or, but I did seek treatment as far as with therapy. And, um, and I, I've always, you know, from a young age, I kind of realized I, I don't have to do anything alone ever again unless I want to. So, you know, it, it really does take, I think, a village for us to all work together to be to take care of ourselves personally, right? Mm-hmm. We need to expand out and talk to other people about this and be rigorously honest about how we feel and about what we're dealing with. And so so my 
journey into taking care of myself physically as well as mentally, um, every single day I feel guilty. Every single day I have to do really good self-talk mm-hmm. and reach out to someone else and get myself right size. That's just me personally. Some people maybe don't have to do that, but um, I, I think as a mother, especially as a divorced mother, it's. I think you have this feeling, and I'm sure single dads feel this way too, that um, when they are with your, when I'm with my kids, I feel like I should be focused on them, mm-hmm. hyper focused on them, and giving every single moment attention to them, and doing fun things, and creative things, and nourishing their soul, and giving them fantastic food, and being like this. This, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, Disney, like like a Disneyland version. And even though I know, I know in my in my heart that's insanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not real. I still feel it. Yeah, I still carry it with me. And so I have to talk to. For me, um, I've had years of therapy, but the thing that really works for me is. Um, I talk about how I came from alcoholism uh, growing up as a child. And Mm -hmm. so for me, that my chosen 12-step program is, um, is I work a 12-step program in Al-Anon and I have a fantastic sponsor that, um, that is my cornerstone that I, that knows where all the bodies are buried. Wow, wonderful. I can be rigorously honest. And so I have to talk to her or those members of my of my meetings mm-hmm. um, to get right sized and to um, keep myself honest. I too struggled uh, with eating disorders because I, I heard you say something that I always say. I, I say, well, I wasn't, I didn't have to be hospitalized or anything in order to almost like minimizing it, right? Like an eating disorder is like a, a really challenging thing to get over. And I do feel 100% like I am over it and on the other side of it. So, but the thing that's come with that is I feel guilty for taking care of myself now. Like before I used to go to the gym because I was like obsessed and like obsessed with like restricting food. And now I'm like, whatever, I'm not that way anymore. If, if I just eat some of my kids macaroni and cheese and then, and like, I haven't, I haven't worked out all of quarantine and like, that's not, that's unlike me. So like I, there's like this weird, interesting piece that being like obsessed with that stuff and then like healing from it. Now, like where, where is the balance of taking care of yourself and like not crossing over into like that unhealthy space? It's so important to, to identify these things and, and to, to talk about them and to take care of yourself because you know, we're, when we're talking about being a parent, it's really hard to be a great parent if you are not feeling great yourself. I mean, we, we do it and we, we hang in there and we do the best we can for our kids. But at the end of the day, what our kids need the most is a healthy, happy parent. And, and they you know, appreciate your being there and, and being attentive and, and being happy. And you just you can just be a much better parent when you are taking care of yourself. And no child expects you to be there every every single second, expects you to be the, the super parent every single second. They don't you know remember five seconds later, really. Exactly. <laughs> so as I've, we, as I've been learning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to remember those things. And, and, and again, I think just talking about this and, and talking about your story and you know, Serena, you as well, just kind of bringing it up. I think so many people are going through that. And then, you know, then we become parents and, and there's no guidebook again that says, you know, hey, I went through eating disorders when I was a child. I went through anxiety. I was depressed. And now I'm a parent. You know, how do I reconcile those things? How do I do? I don't want my kid to have my eating disorder. I want my kid to be depressed. I don't want to put that on them. But I, so then you maybe overcompensate the other way mm-hmm. or you or you undercompensate or you don't you, you don't take care of yourself because you're like, I want to be the best parent. I never want that to happen to my kid. And then you sometimes create the very problem that you don't want to have happen because you forget about yourself. No, you, I just want to talk about, you know, you you mentioned your divorce um a minute ago and you were so you've been so honest about it and and like in in your article and and the codependent aspect of it so to speak and you know walking on eggshells and that you lost yourself and you put your happiness his happiness before yours um i totally went through that um and it was really hard for me to leave that marriage um and i didn't have kids i mean 
I felt such tremendous guilt for leaving that marriage, even though it was so bad for me and I didn't have kids. And so I just like, I feel like there are a lot of women out there, mothers who are secretly, you know, suffering in silence, um, especially during COVID, you know, in, in holding in this huge secret that they're in these bad relationships or in unhealthy marriages. And, um, how did you get out? How did you know when it was time and how did you not feel guilty, you know, for the kids? Wow. Well, it was, you know, it's funny. I just was talking to a very close friend of mine yesterday that, that, uh, I don't think you ever totally get over the guilt. Right. But I think that you, that you, but you have to keep reaffirming, um, why you did it, you know, that you want to show them that you can still be good friends and that you can still love mm -hmm. your partner. Um, but that you're, you just make better parents co-parenting, but that you, you know, we're not good living in the same house. So that's, that's one of the things, but for me, what the, I just, to keep the focus on myself, right. Um, I wasn't really in the beginning. I mean, I think I talk about this a little bit in the article. I had this ability to kind of change who I, I felt like I had to change myself in order to stay for, for this person to love me. Mm -hmm. right? I felt like I needed to compromise do because I was so in love with him, which I think many people relate, right? You, you kind of like chameleon yourself. I'm an actor. I can chameleon myself to kind of fit into that world or, mm -hmm. and it's, it's um, embarrassing to say, but I think, but I'm not really ashamed of it anymore. I, I think I was for a long time, but, but um, I, so, so I, what I thought was compromise right that i thought that i was meeting him halfway i started realizing because of my relationship with my sponsor she started asking me things like wow that doesn't sound like you you're making these decisions and it wasn't just like all of a sudden one day it was kind of this gradual thing where i started to to recognize like why I had to start asking myself why I'm not speaking up for myself and why I had to start to do the work, right? Where I, I was like, mm -hmm. why am I not saying that I want to work out? Or why am I not saying that I need help with my food? That I'm sitting here eating corn chip dippers from Trader Joe's and protein bars all day. Mm -hmm. Out of like, like just because I'm racing around. Mm -hmm. So it was, I had to look at what I was doing and then why I was doing it. And a lot of it too is when you're married, you both have different ideas, right? Of, of how you're going to operate in that system and, and, and who's going to do the cooking. I'm not, I'm not a cook. I don't, I've never cooked. I didn't grow up cooking. My mother, I mean, it just wasn't something that, and I had to like embrace that and be okay with it and be like, yeah, I'm a terrible cook or, or I just really don't even like to cook. And cool people cook. I'm like, cool people like to drink wine and, and cook. So it was very, um, it was kind of shameful for me. And then once, so I, had to, I had to do a lot of shame work, uh, duh. But, um, uh, but, but, but my ex-husband, that was a big thing in his family. His mother was is this wonderful German cook, right? Mm -hmm. And so she, you wanted me to do recipes and I tried and I did it. And I was really trying to like, be this person that loved to cook. And then <laughs> I wanted to, I, I, because of my age and because of my job, I needed sleep because I too struggle with, um, anxiety and, um, and needing to, and sleep is a big factor for me. If I don't get enough sleep, I turn into kind of a different person. So <laughs> we all do. Yeah. Embarrassing. So it was, it was when I was working in Canada and uh, in Toronto, Vancouver, and Los Angeles at the same time. And I said, I need help at night taking care of our child. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I need to be able to sleep because I, I don't think I can juggle all of this. And, and, it was, and it was hard for my husband because that's not what his vision was when we had kids. He wanted us to bring the baby in bed with us and be up every two hours. And, and I just felt like a big failure that I, well, I have to ask you something real quick. So you were on a show 
Please you were on a show with a newborn baby. Yes, went on to do the show and then found out, P.S., after we shot the pilot, everything was ready to go, we're shooting it in Vancouver. And I had a, I had like a, 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 I was about to have a baby via surrogate. I was about to have a baby. This is where I think the, where the marriage aspect of it comes into play, right? Where I started learning, we started learning even more about each other through our children and how we parent. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was carrying so much guilt over that, even though he, he did acquiesce it's, and said, okay, we can have, you can have help with that. And I said, you're more than welcome to do it. You're more than welcome to get up every two hours with our child and do it, but I can't. And that was really difficult and humbling to, to um, embrace. So that, so that was difficult being a working mother. And I'm grateful that I had a partner because I mean, the big thing too is, is that there's plenty of single parents that don't have a partner that can help them with that. And they right. don't have somebody that can help them childcare wise. So I just want to, I just want to say that, that I was very fortunate to have that. It's yeah, and I mean, Dr. These, these are such important points. And, and I hope that, you know, if there's anyone who's about to have a baby or, or just had a baby, just, just, I think hearing this really helps parents because nothing prepares you for this. You, you really, I mean, I think people know that, okay, having a kid's kind of hard and like, it's going to be some work, but I don't think people really realize just how much effort it is, just how tired you're going to be, just how little sleep you're, you don't, there is no preparation, you know, maybe other than going through residency med school where you don't sleep for like 30 hours. There's no, there's no such preparation for, <laughs> for having a baby. You know, you don't, you don't sleep for a month, you know, a couple of months, yeah. you might and get like I a, two hour and, stretch. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing is that I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't do that between going to Vancouver to shoot Lucifer and then at the same time shoot suits in Toronto. And I, I was the main breadwinner for our household. And I'm, and my, I don't think my ex-husband would have a hard time. He, I, I think he would absolutely say, yes, that was the, that was the situation that we were, that we are in. Yeah. Gratefully. I had jobs. I gratefully as an actor, I had work, but, um, so it wasn't, um, the, the, and the other thing that I wanted to say is that gratefully I was able to reach out to so many of my mom friends that have children now that are 15, 16, 17, mm -hmm. right? And they would say, you're never going to remember them. All you have to do is love them. Just look at the eyes and be present and love them. And I, in the beginning, I was like, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I really believed it. But then now that my children are two and four, I really understand that my four-year-old doesn't care what we're doing. When I am with him, he just wants me to be present and looking at him and paying attention to him. Mm -hmm. And that I don't need to be doing cartwheels and that I don't need to take them to, and during the pandemic, it's really been a, a, a good news, bad news thing in, in that at the beginning it was like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? They're with us the entire, like, uh, uh, and then it was like, oh, okay, you kind of get your groove down and then you're like, Oh, we can just be soft, and I don't have to have eight million things going. And they're fine having a quesadilla two days in a row at lunch. Totally fine. They're gonna get their nutrients, and then enough of my mom friends with their two-year-olds were like, Rachel, if they don't touch a vegetable for a year, it's fine. Like, introduce it as much as you can, but they're two, and and you're gonna get it in there somehow. Yeah. No, that that I mean that's a very common question concern in the office you know parents will come in and their kids are picky eaters around the terrible twos and they don't eat much in the way of vegetables but they're still the 95th percentile and like you know what it's you know it's fine you do you do what you do kids are picky we try to get in as much as we can you know obviously it's ideal if we can get the fruits and vegetables as much as we can but that's what the terrible twos are it's called that for a reason you know kids are not going to be the perfect eaters all the time and it's just fine you know we do as much as we can we keep them as healthy as we can and we give them as much healthy food and nutrition and love as we can but they're still going to be fine at the end of the day and the guilt is what makes it 10 times worse because if you're chasing them around and trying to shove some food in their mouth and we're that that is what's going to yeah. create the problems not because they didn't eat the carrot yeah and the hovering 
and the hovering right. over and watching is what I, I was like, I'm never, I, I can't, I can't do it. I'm going to put their food down in front of them. I'm not going to micromanage them eating and I'm going to try to make it fun. So they don't even realize like, that they're eating, that they are, I mean, they're eating, but they're engaged in conversation or I know, and this is super like, again, sometimes my kids eat their best when they have it, the tablet in front of them is that it's horrible. I know, but they do, they eat so much more food. I have a two-year-old as well, and I don't think what you're saying is horrible at all. I think that, I mean, well, Dr. Gator, you know everything, but, but, like, we just have to, maybe two things, um, we have to do what works and, you know, we, my, my kid eats vegetables. He all, he eats everything, but you just said something really interesting. I hover, like I hover big time. I'm, I'm Italian. Like I am, and I could, I could back off a little bit. And, um, anyway, I just learned something there. So thank you. <laughs> It, it's going back to everybody doing it differently. Everybody has their own way of doing it and being supportive. But like, sir, like me, me looking at you now, and I know people don't know who I can see you, but but Serena, like, of course you can have her. You're Italian. We we do take in what our moms kind of did to us. Like I was, yeah. you know, and and that's what makes you you, and that's what makes us all individuals. But. But I think when we struggle with something, right, when it's not working for us, that's that's when we say, hey, I'm losing my mind over this. What did you do? And so it even helps me feel better that you're like, you're a hoverer right now. Okay, well, good, good. I'm glad, I'm glad to make you feel better. Well, it makes me, like, you're very honest about your, I'm going back to your article, but about your insecurities and about, um, you know, um, saying that you didn't have all the confidence in the world because i do think that people think that actresses have all the confidence in the world and that's just not true and um acting. We're, acting and we're acting all the time yes um but and also that you know um i am also an older mother you know and i feel like uh, you as an older mom, like I, I am not afraid to ask questions or afraid to ask, afraid to say that I, I don't know what the heck I'm doing and I need help. And I, I love hearing that from you too. Um, and I think more mothers need to not feel ashamed about anything about tablets or whatever, and just ask for help and do what works and like quit wasting our, our, our moments with our kids, um, feeling guilty. Yeah. It's a daily, it's a daily reprieve. Like, okay, you're like, and not, and then also not doing the double whammy, like where I'm feeling guilty and be like, oh, I'm feeling guilty. I gotta get rid of that. Just being like, okay, I'm feeling guilty about this, but am I showing up? Am I being a good enough parent? Like I heard that years ago and that before I was ever a mom and married, because uh, I was even, I was even obsessing about it when I was single and wasn't married. <laughs> What am I going to do when I'm a mom? And my parents <laughs> said, you know what? You just have to focus on being a good enough parent and you're going to be great. And I think that's really saved me many, many times. And what what's parenting like now for you? I mean, now you're you're on Lucifer and it's it's such an amazing show. And, and how is balancing, you know, parenting these days, which are, you know, somewhat different even than a few, you know, months or years ago. Um, yeah. How is that? change and what what's going on well you lately. know what's great is that uh, you know uh the, the way that it what it is right now is that we're getting to a more manageable state like mm -hmm. now that we're here into covid and the pandemic we we come to understand what we're doing so um so may i have to uh, jump in here so you became a single parent during covid with a four-year-old and a two-year-old well i became a single parent um, probably like at November of 20, 2019. And then the pandemic hit in March of 2020. That's a lot. I just wanted to say that's a lot. Yeah. I had just moved, um, I had moved out and, uh, got my own place with the kids, with the kids. And then we share 50, 50 custody. And so we are, I think my ex-husband and I are are actually very kind to one another during an incredibly stressful period. And in the beginning, it wasn't that easy. You know, you're, you're very raw and 
and uh, and and but one thing that we did agree on was never talking badly about the other person in front of our mm-hmm. children, obviously just um, out of respect for them, right? And then, um, but, I mean, we do communicate um, well. Right now, we're still in the midst of our divorce. With I mean, like it's finished, but we're still in there's loose ends and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but but right now, we've been able to go back to um, their preschool. They were allowed to go back for preschool. So, being a single parent, that's given us a, a chance to breathe now. Full disclosure: I did. I had COVID in January. You did. I quarantined with them for eight days and eight nights by myself, <laughs> which, wow. which was for any parent that has COVID that had to quarantine with your kids and you were sick. I just can't even imagine. I, I mean, I mean, I can't. I lived it. I, I, it was horrifying and hard. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, honestly. And I've said that I've done. I've said that before. Like this is one of the hardest things I've ever done. You know, having COVID with two children in your house, not being able to go anywhere, and and then at the same time be afraid of having COVID was, um, was really hard. I'm grateful that I had wonderful friends and uh, my ex-husband was very helpful. Um, but that was the deal. He's high risk and he couldn't come help us. And there wasn't wow. anybody coming in help, right? We just had to to cope and it was so scary because with COVID you don't know what's going to happen and so I had every day just be like staying today staying today staying today um and and I did it and that's kind of the blessing and now I have antibodies and that's the best thing to come out of COVID because when you have COVID you have antibodies and then you're kind of like you feel like superwoman again you're super blood yeah yeah I do I have super blood so well, wow. you know, I am kind of like a silver lining. What's what's the silver lining in this? And that's definitely been the silver lining. And and that I did it. And I never thought that I could do it. So you were single parenting, going through a divorce in the pandemic, and then got COVID. Yeah. And you're being yeah. so lovely about it. Like that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to um, it, it, it really has been a lot, and I've had to like really focus on. Um. Uh, right now, I'm sort of in the grieving period of my divorce, yeah. which I didn't grieve it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think I thought I was just like a sociopath or not. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? And now I'm really grieving that because my, my ex-husband is my friend. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I love sharing. We love talking about our kids. And so that, that will never go away. I know we will always be great friends in that regard, but, um, I, it's, it's, it's been isolating because it's great when I have my kids and I can focus on them. And, and then when they go away, I'm stuck with myself. It's like, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, still, still same me, still same issues that I'm going to um, work on. But, but um, the fact that the kids have been able to go back to preschool and then I've been able to see them socialize and they've had fantastic protocols at the school that my kids go to and they've already been subjected to COVID, the fear of them getting it or is gone. So they can go and I feel like it doesn't matter what happens. So that's been a huge thing. And I think when the pandemic, when everyone's vaccinated, when, when all of us as parents have our kids back into some sort of structure again, we will start to feel the, the you know, more steam coming off of the, the you know, the, the, the big pressure cooker. That's a thing that's the hardest, like for me, that was the hardest thing, not getting break and not feeling like there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And it was, you know, so now I, I'm feeling much more big deep breaths and that I can breathe again and that I have something that I see the light at the end of the tunnel and not so um, in survival mode which is, you know, which is stressful. It's just the definition of stress. Yeah, you've been in survival mode. Um, that's a, uh, you're 
surviving one thing after another after another and and working yeah. and being able to go back to work actually was and thanks for bringing that up 20 minutes ago Zol, but yeah no going back to work was was so great for my mind and i think for my kids as well because i was like oh yeah this is what i do <laughs> this, mm -hmm. this, this is what i do as a person and uh we actually have a question from a fan. His name is Stephen Prone. He's an incredible um, he, supporter of education and he's supporting Raising Amazing. Um, he runs the Prone Family Foundation and he is your number one fan. And he says, ask Rachel, you played a psych psychiatrist in Lucifer. What was it like sleeping with several of your clients? Ha ha ha. And she ended up having a kid with an angel. That child would be a Nephilim between the sons of God and the daughters of Adam. Am I saying that right? Wow. Anyway, we love Stephen Crone. We love you. Um, so go ahead. Um, give that a shot. <laughs> well, what, what, I, my gosh. Um, it was incredibly fun, fun sleeping with several members. Um, and Tom Ellis, Lucifer. Mm -hmm. uh, this is that I like to tell people. Everybody thinks that I've like kissed Tom Ellis. I haven't. That was all like anything that was ever supposed to happen with us happened off camera. And I'm a huge fan of his wife. So um, so that that was never happening. But he is actually the, the most kind person ever. And we do talk a lot about parenting because mm -hmm. his kids are in the UK and he's here during the pandemic. And he's oh, wow. his so um, so he's the one who's always like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, Rach. And my children love me. And it's, it, it, he's so much guilt. Anyway, so, um, uh, and then, um, who, who are the other people that I'm trying to think of? Or, yeah, no, everyone's been wonderful that I've slept with on the show. <laughs> Um, I mean, in general, love scenes are the, terribly awkward and horrible. So it's very important to have a kind co-star and you guys just like get through it together, right? Oh, well, I can say that Tom actually, I can actually, I can, I can say that Linda does have something upcoming <laughs> in the next, Ooh. I don't know if it's five B or six or the sixth season where I did post something where I was like, this is my wardrobe. And it was literally like me in like a bra and nothing. And it was shocking for everyone. But yeah, there is a bit of Dr. Linda nudity. Oh, but nothing, nothing really provocative. It's just sort of like, it's sort of like soap opera. Yeah. Nudity. <laughs> um, All your fans will be very excited and, um, and mothers too, like women supporting women's bodies, right? Yes. We, we always like to finish with uh, leaving people uplifted. And so what was the most amazing part of your roller coaster year this year? Well, I started saying to my children, instead of I'm so proud of you, I'm saying to them, you must be so proud of yourself when they do something that was <gasps> fantastic. And, um, and so I was kind of not really embracing the fact that I got through that eight days and eight nights with my kids with COVID and being the most scared that I've ever been. Yeah. And the best thing was is that my girlfriends, like my best girlfriends, um, and and my spiritual therapist, whatever, were were very, very, very um, sure to remind me. They're like, you did that, and you need to own it that you did it, mm -hmm. and that you, and it's really hard. For me to say that I'm really proud of that, but that's been, I am that that is the thing that I'm most proud of, and and it's great to be able to say that, to own it and say, wow, that was really hard, and I did do it, and I did a really good job. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't do it alone, thank gosh, and I'm grateful to say I didn't have to go do it alone. But you did do it alone. You were alone for eight days with your with your kids with COVID. Yes. Yes, you are. You should be proud of yourself. That's beautiful. Yes, I am. So, so that was really great. And then, um, and then I think just, just getting to the realization as far as being a parent that, um, I don't have to uh, bring out all the bells and whistles, you know, that I can just love them and that it's uh, enough. Beautiful. Thank you. 
you are amazing. You are an amazing mother and actor, and it's been a pleasure chatting. Thank you for being so honest. Wow. 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 I so appreciate that. You know, when I read that People Magazine article, uh, and she was so candid about her divorce and, you know, single parenting and stuff, I had no idea that she went through a divorce, started being a single parent all during the pandemic, and then got COVID with a two-year-old and a four-year-old. That's a lot. Crazy. It's, 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 I mean, everything that's going on is a lot for everybody, but I think it's it's so well. I I I so appreciate that she, she, both of our guests are willing to share what they were going through because we see people on TV. We see you know the happy uh, TV personalities, and you see them on you know Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and you be like, oh, these people have everything together. You know, I, I my life is falling apart. I'm so stressed out, and these people are so happy, and and they're just you know perfect lives. But the reality for most people is not that everyone has their own struggles and just because you're a celebrity an actor uh, you know whoever it doesn't mean that you don't have your own life stresses and so it, I think it really does help empower parents and, and, and help um, just to, to get a, get a a greater understanding of the fact that we're all going through stuff we're all going through a lot and and together you know the more that we share the more that we realize that we are all going through things and I think that helps uh, every parent realize that they're not alone and, and I hope that that gives, you know, you listening out there um, just a little bit, decreases your stress just a little bit to understand that you're not the only one. We're all in this together and we all are going to come out of this together. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. And that's why we're doing Raising Amazing. We want to come together and create a community where we hold each other accountable and we raise the bar in ourselves so we can raise amazing children. And okay, this weekend... Mamas, no mom guilt and do something, at least one thing to pamper yourself, bubble bath, wine, whatever your thing is, paint your fingernails. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, just, just take the day, take, take the, the day, weekend. take the weekend take, and take five yes. minutes, whatever you have. go to the bathroom on your own, whatever it totally. is. Totally. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Raising Amazing would like to thank the Prone Family Foundation who are growing community through educational support. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to raisingamazingpodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on Raising Amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.